Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This activity, Cases in Influenza Management, Right Interventions to Achieve Earlier Return to Action, is provided in partnership with Prova Education and is supported by an educational grant from Genentech. Before you begin this activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosures as well as the learning objectives. Here's Dr. Paul Dagramji. Hi, everyone. This is Cases in Influenza Management, the right interventions to achieve earlier return to action. I'm Dr. Paul DeGramji. I'm Medical Director of Health Services at Ursinus College in Collegeville, Pennsylvania. So let's look at our learning objectives. We're going to evaluate the impact of influenza on at-risk individuals and communities. And also, we're going to integrate newer and emerging influenza agents into more personalized treatment plans. All right, now before I begin, I want to talk about a student that presents to me. She's a 20-year-old junior student. Her name is Jessica. She's a member of the swim team, and she comes in feeling just awful. She has a fever of 101.5, and yeah, her mommy gave her a thermometer to check her temperature, and she says it's 101.5. She has a dry cough. She feels run down, tired, muscle aches, and it all came on all of a sudden the day before she came to see me. She's had one episode of vomiting. She has no appetite, doesn't even want to drink any fluids. She hasn't really taken any medications or anything. Now, she has a bit of a stuffy nose, sneezing, no sore throat, earache, um, and she doesn't have a rash. So a couple other things about her. As I said, she's on the swim team, and none of her teammates have anything like this, uh, no symptoms like this at all. She was home for winter break, and she says that she was exposed to her younger sister who has similar symptoms just a day or two prior to coming to college uh, out of winter break. Like I said, she hasn't taken any over-the-counter medicines, no treatment at all. She just comes in because she just feels awful. Um, now, interestingly, she didn't get the flu shot because she says, quote-unquote, my parents just don't believe in them. So, so let's look at the challenges with influenza vaccination on a college campus. Healthy students just don't worry about getting the flu. They have other things to worry about, other things to think about. So they just don't think about it. Secondly, college students, they're transitioning from being responsible for managing their own health and their own concerns. But again, influenza has a tendency to be lower on their list of priorities. Number three, students have a varying level of awareness and attitudes towards the vaccine itself and about the side effects and overall effectiveness. They read, they, they ask questions, and they hear things. And as a result, they get confused, and they just say to themselves, I'm just not going to get the vaccine. And also, when the vaccine is offered, sometimes they're busy scheduled uh, and also the, the competing other priorities that they have makes it difficult for them to come into the health center and get the vaccine. Um, they consider sometimes putting a foreign substance into their body as not necessarily being the right thing to do. And, you know, interestingly, in our college, um, you know, we think that the influenza shot should be given, but we don't mandate it. So they might think, you know, if it's not important that I get it or rather it's not insisted that I'm not going to get it anyway. They also have busy schedules. They have things that they need to do. And sometimes to stop by the health center to get a flu shot may be a little bit too much for them. Um, now, we at the college campus level and many college campuses will have emails uh, and other kinds of communication to the students to suggest to them, come on over and get a flu shot or so. But sometimes they can be put to the wayside. 
There's also another thing, you know, it does cost some money, it's not free, uh, and if for them to come into the health center and pay some money may be difficult to do, uh, and, and certainly even if it's insurance covers it, there may be some limitations with that as well. So these are all the challenges with influenza vaccine that occur in all college campuses, and we at the college campus that I'm a medical director of, uh, we experience these issues um, as well. Well, let's look at this one study that took a look at vaccination rates in college campuses in one year, which was 2013 and 14, and also 14 and 15. Relatively similar, showing that in the earlier years, vaccination rates are lower than in the later years. So freshmen and sophomore have a tendency to vaccinate maybe 20, 30% of the time. And in one study with the year 14 and 15, the, the sophomores, only 10% of them got vaccinated. But then in the later years, as juniors and seniors, a little bit of a higher rate. And again, maybe this is because they remember how bad the flu season was the year before. And they thought to themselves, let me just get vaccinated because I don't want to go through that again, or I don't want to go through what my roommate or classmate went through. The earlier year students don't vaccinate as much. And some of the things that they say, they say, I'm not worried about getting the flu. It's not so bad. Uh, I forgot to get it. I'm too busy. Uh, I don't have the money. Uh, the vaccine isn't that effective anyway. I heard that it doesn't really do that much. Uh, my parents don't believe in the vaccine like the student I just talked about. Uh, I don't want to put a foreign substance in my body. And there's another one that I hear more and more now and then is that I heard that the flu shot actually causes the flu. These are all the different things that we have to contend with. And they are some of the beliefs that students have. Um, college students who get a flu, they need to know, and I think we need to know as well, that they can have an illness that lasts about seven to 10 days, maybe averaging around eight days or so. And I tell college students, look, if you get the flu, you're gonna be out of commission for about a week or so. You're not gonna be able to go to class and you may even have to go home. So it becomes really important for us to know and for them to know that it's not one of those cold symptoms that you can go to class with. You can't go to class when you have influenza. And as I said earlier, you know, in the different years can be different rates of vaccination. And the earlier years, as I said, uh, the vaccination rate is a little bit lower than it is in the later years. Again, maybe because they're learning about their previous years, how bad things were. In our experience, we also learned that if you have a particularly bad year, the next year there are more influenza vaccine uh, rates than in the year before. So it kind of depends on the year before and what happens. Uh, kids have a memory of about a year or so, it seems, especially when it comes to influenza vaccination. So influenza can be spread much more readily in a high density location as is a college campus. So on a college campus, due to this, a lot of kids living in one area very closely, it's crowded, it's on-campus housing, there's high frequency of commonly shared spaces and objects, there's also relatively poor hygiene with less hand washing, using hand sanitizers much less often. And there's also a lot of sharing of food and drink. Kids will go to parties and they'll share their drinks from one another, or maybe they're in a cafeteria, they'll share their food. That can be very, very uh, instrumental in the spread of the influenza virus very quickly. But the other thing that we see is that there are lower rates of prophylactic treatment among exposed college-age students. And what do I mean by that? Well, when somebody gets influenza, anybody who's uh, exposed to them, they're offered a medication to prevent them from getting the, the influenza virus. And a lot of times, unfortunately, uh, they, don't, they choose not to take prophylactic treatment. So there's a lot of spread of the, of the virus 
Uh, and even in those who are exposed to it, not getting prophylactic treatment, uh, there's uh, just a lot of influenza that can happen on a college campus once it initially gets onto the college campus. And let's talk about the specific experience that I have. In the college campus that I'm in, it's a liberal arts college, it's a smaller college, it's 1,400 students uh, from freshman all the way to senior, of course, mostly boarders. There's 25 varsity sports, and we have a full-service health center operating similar to a family practice office where we're open from 9 to 5, primarily managed and, and manned by a mid-level, either a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant, and there's a physician presence there for several hours a day, and we're on call the rest of the time for students to call during off hours. Now, as far as the uh, influenza vaccine is concerned, um, it is an optional but a strongly advised vaccine, even though all students are mandated to be fully vaccinated for all the other vaccines as per the Center for Disease Control. So this influenza vaccine is offered as a, at a nominal cost to students on numerous occasions during the fall and winter season. We send them email blasts, um, we have posters, and again, all the things that they need to know to make an educated decision about coming in and getting the vaccine at the health center. So despite doing this, uh, our vaccination rate is around 15 to 20% uh, depending on the year. Now, as far as the influenza experience, every year influenza is seen on college campus starting as early as November, but more typically in the second semester, like January through March. And once it happens, all of a sudden they'll keep coming in. Almost every day we'll see one, two, or three kids coming in with influenza. They come in with acutely illness symptoms, with abrupt onset, a fever, generally 101 or higher, I can go uh, as high as 103 or 104 with students that have these temperatures, severe myalgias, dry coughing. Sometimes I'll have a sore throat and a stuffy nose. Uh, sometimes they'll, they'll have a headache. In fact, when they have a headache, it can be pretty severe. Uh, occasional nausea and vomiting and diarrhea. But you know, sometimes when they come in really early, like within a couple of hours of the fever, they might not have the cough. So if influenza is going around campus, we might find ourselves, even if they don't have a cough yet, doing an influenza test on them if they have a, a fever, maybe be a slight stuffy nose or so. Now we generally do a rapid flu test on pretty much everybody that we suspect as having influenza. And in this typical case that I talked about, Jessica, we tested her and she was positive for influenza A. Now in her case, she's not a local student, she's a boarder, she's from out of state. If she's a local student, we would normally say to her, listen, go home and recover there. It's typical for us to do so because uh, it, it's, uh, it's a lot easier for them to get better, plus also they can't spread the illness. So we give them the option to go home. If she's close from out of state, uh, maybe I'll even ask her to do that. Like in our area, we're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey's relatively close, like an hour and a half, two hours away. Maybe they go home to recover there. So in her case, we offer her treatment. Over-the-counter medications like acetaminophen are a great idea. We even have guaifenesin containing cough syrup that we can give her just from symptom relief. But then there's also medication that we can give specifically to the virus that she has. We have to consider the viral load, viral shedding. These are very important. How long has she had the illness? How long do we think the illness will last? We also consider as far as medication, the antiviral medications, side effect profile, we look at dosing schedule, we look at potential side effects, insurance coverage, and cost. But let's also talk about antiviral treatment. There are now two options that we have. Oseltamivir has been around for quite a while, and that's 75 milligrams to be given twice a day for five days. There's now also a newer agent, Biloxivir, 40 milligrams to be given two tablets as a single dose. 
Both are to be given when the onset of symptoms are within 48 hours of less to help reduce viral load, viral shedding, to reduce the length of the illness. These are all very important then for the students who are sick. We want to consider with these medications the dosing schedule. Now, as I said, oseltamivir is 30 milligrams to be given twice a day for five days. That's 10 different doses versus baloxivir, which is one dose. That makes baloxivir more attractive. But then we also have the availability and also coverage by insurance and also costs. And because oseltamivir is generic, that may become more attractive. So it is important to consider these issues when it comes to which medication to prescribe. So Jessica is also advised to alert the swim team to let them know that she has influenza and also to alert her roommate that she has influenza just so that they can be given the option for influenza prophylactic medication. And this can be a bit of a problem and a bit of a challenge because there you have a swim team and then you also have the, uh, the trainers that are not just worrying about the swim team itself and also the coaches worrying about the swim team, but they can spread to other teams uh, and to other sports. So this can be a problem. How do we get them all into the health center? Which ones are going to want to decide to be on medication and which one is not? And if they decide not to be on medication, certainly they can come down with influenza. So these can be pretty big challenges in a college situation with kids that have roommates as well as kids that are on, on athletic uh, teams. And again, both of these can be used for, for the treatment of influenza. But now let's talk also um, about prophylaxis of exposed individuals. Like in this case, what about her roommate? And what about her teammates? Well, um, oseltamivir is in fact indicated to be used for, uh, for prophylaxis. So let's say her roommate comes in and says, I don't want to get influenza. We can actually offer her oseltamivir to be taken one capsule once a day for 10 days. And that's been shown to be quite effective. Now, interestingly, a new study has come out. It's phase three clinical studies showing that uh, uh, baloxivir can also be given as a one-time single dose, and it has been shown to prevent the, uh, the occurrence of, of, of influenza in patients taken who are exposed to influenza. It can actually reduce the rate of getting influenza by about eight or nine-fold when it was done in this clinical trial. So let's go back to Jessica and let's talk about what we're going to do next for her. We're going to advise her to return if there's any worsening symptoms. Sometimes influenza can progress and go into respiratory problems, so we want to tell her that. We want to tell her to return when she's afebrile to clear her to return to sports and to classes. But we also need to know about the red flags, and students are told this as well. We actually give them out a handout for them to read. Not too long, but just enough to give them the right information. And on there it says, please let us know if you get shortness of breath with or without chest pain, if the fever goes much higher than 103, like 103 and a half or higher, tell us if you're unable to keep fluids down, tell us if you feel like you're going to pass out or if you actually do pass out, uh, tell us about severe or worsening headache, and really any indication of worsening. So these are all the different things that we tell our patients as to what to do when they have influenza. So let's finish up by talking about some of your take-home messages. First of all, please let your students know that influenza is, is a pretty contagious and severe illness that can really put you out at least for a week or so. And sometimes it can be quite severe and hospitalize you. So make sure students know how to get to you relatively quickly when they have these symptoms. Also let them know that there's medication that you can use to treat them when they get influenza, but also that if they do have influenza, that those who are exposed to influenza can get prophylactic treatment. And finally, and so important, uh, make sure you tell students 
that they can get the influenza vaccine, which can be highly protective. So that concludes our program, and thanks for tuning in. This activity has been provided in partnership with Prova Education. To receive your free CME credit, be sure to complete the post-test and evaluation by visiting reachmd.com Prova. This is CME on ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.